Welcome to How to Get Started with Headless. My name is Caitlin Damon, and I manage technology partnerships for Fabric. Join us for a step-by-step conversation with experts from both sides as we provide real business examples on how a headless strategy can optimize your business. Today, on part one of two, we have members from Republics and Fabric. Let's get started. Hi, this is Prakan. Um, I'm director of delivery here in Fabric. I've been with Fabric for the last two years. Hi, I'm Trevor Carter, uh, director of digital marketing with Republics. Um, I've, I've been here close to eight years. Hi, I'm KJ, and I'm the director of engineering for Republics, and I've been with the company for two years. Wonderful. Thank you. So a lot of people are talking about headless technology. You know, we're hearing this quite a lot within the e-commerce industry. You know, is it just a buzzword? What is it? And why does it matter to your business? Um, I think I can take um, that question. Um, so in terms of like first understanding headless um, commerce, what it is, it's in um, in simple plain words, it's where the front end is decoupled from the back end. Um, and you are able to, or our uh, uh, customers have the ability to basically make changes to the front end without disrupt, disturbing or making um, you know any kind of major modification to the back end. It relies on an API first approach as opposed to a, a monolithic platform where you know the front end is tightly coupled with the back end, and you have templates on which you can make changes, and the changes can be very limited when it comes to you know delivering certain. Um, uh, digital experiences. With an API-first approach, uh, you know, you can have a front-end which is totally customizable, um, uh, and merchants can create shopping experiences for their end customers in a bunch of different ways. You know, they can integrate with widgets, you know, making the, the shopping a lot more fun and interactive. At the same time, it allows them to expand um, and their business across multiple geolocations as well without having to worry about like, you know, how to expand that through the backend. So this, there is a, a lot of, uh, I would say flexibility um, in the whole uh, uh, headless uh, commerce architecture, uh, because there is like the, the presentation layer and the application layer. And on the application layer, all the changes in the backend um, can be, you know, done in a bunch of different ways and you can build, um, you know, uh, different pricing, promotion, or you know order management capabilities, which you know can be then uh, you know coupled with any kind of customizable front end experience. Wonderful. So it's literally separating the head from back end here. Exactly. Uh, oftentimes, though, we hear about headless. Uh, they often come with a few other terms, uh, kind of like composable, microservices, modular. Can we touch on how that kind of ties in with the headless technology strategy as well? Yeah, so I think that's where um, where the three dist uh, distinguishing or um, factors are. Like, what does composable mean, right? It is all about the orchestration of the APIs. So developers, right? It's a it's a platform which you know pretty much allows developers to come in and they can compose, right? So they can take one set of APIs and they can go in there and they can you know mimic. For instance, cart is a very good example. Um, a cart can consist of an item which can come from one system. Um, and then inventory coming in from another system and price coming from another system. So that whole orchestration, right, can be composed to be clubbed from three different systems. And that's the composability or the flexibility you get, right? And you, you can, you know, have different systems providing that information. 
Um, and again, modularity is that you don't have to use an entire platform. You can pick and choose individual standalone systems to build your e-commerce solution. So that's where modularity really kicks in, right? Um, so you could have a state-of-the-art uh, product information managed system um, um, from a different provider and have an order management system from another provider and build them or group them together to orchestrate the experience you want to. So that gives you that a lot of flexibility around being modular. I love that. So we're hearing a lot of like composing, orchestrating, being flexible, uh, really kind of like writing your own e-commerce story there or your brand story. So how would you know as a company if you should be considering headless, if this is right for you? I could take this sort of from the agency side. Um, we typically have clients bring this up in a few sort of different situations. Uh, number one, it's usually clients that have reached maturity, uh, a lot of success already, and things are getting really complex for them. And they want to scale, they want to test really fast, and they're just not able to. Maybe they're locked into uh, certain design templates and, and they feel sort of restricted. So that's one scenario. Another one, it has more to do with website speed, page speed. Um, there's a lot of concerns about uh, some of these big bulky sites are uh, too slow and it's holding uh, uh, businesses back from uh, ranking well in organic search. So it's sort of an SEO consideration. Um, and then the other thing is sort of just wanting to expand um, into other countries or um, outside, of, outside of just the website, sort of an omni-channel approach um, clients are sort of looking at how do we, how do we get into some of these other things like selling on social media or apps or uh, smart technologies, voice assistants, things like that. Those are the clients that are kind of uh, dreaming big, thinking way into the future and wondering how they can do that. So those are kind of the three scenarios where um, I hear this come up the most. That's great. So really, if you're feeling any restrictions, um, you know, wanting to grow past where you are right, right now, um, kind of bringing everything to scale. So considering, you know, the point where the retailer is at, is this a hard process to go through? Um, is it like a hard implementation process? I kind of hear back and forth um, kind of conflicting matters on this, if this is a difficult process or not. Um, can you kind of go into the implementation and what usually goes into transitioning from, you know, your regular monolithic stack or kind of going into that new headless, you know, orchestrating your own kind of uh, customer journey approach? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll take this one. So really when it comes down to a headless implementation, you know, it's really no different than, you know, consuming an API um, through a single page application or a mobile app, right? So, I mean, it, engineers and engineering teams, they work with APIs like on a regular basis, uh, especially in the web space. Um, but still like, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of that that passes over into things like Internet of Things and you know, lots of different areas of technology where you just always have to consume an API or you know, at least you know, post to an API for interacting. And e-commerce is no different. Um, I've been working in the headless space for probably six years, seven years. And it, at first, it is a bit of like, um, you know, there's a bit of like kind of pensive, maybe reluctant um, 
attitude towards it. Like, how do we actually deliver something that's going to be, um, you know, SEO friendly, uh, something that's going to have that page speed that we need for delivering to a demanding audience, right? And so, you know, when it comes down to it, it it really is is quite simple in terms of actually implementing a headless e-commerce platform. So um, headless uh, CMSs have been a thing for for quite some time. And a lot of, you know, technologies, and I'll just name a couple to try to give an example of what you what you would expect from this type of implementation. So um, a lot of things uh, in the in the industry right now that kind of give us the upper hand with um, implementing and developing these uh, these platforms. You've got technologies like React at the very heart of the front end UI for web. And there's kind of like supersets of those frameworks and libraries as well. So imagine, you know, you've, if you've got Angular or React, um, there's a lot of different um, different libraries and whatnot that allow you to kind of connect to um, very specific backend APIs. Um, this doesn't really require any of those like overlays or frameworks or libraries to consume. I mean, some people, you know, still use jQuery and things like that, which is to me, it's kind of shocking. But uh, the point is, is that you can you can literally connect with a headless CMS or a headless e-commerce platform um, just the same way that you would connect with any other API. Um, the the main difference with this is that you actually have like the world at your fingertips in terms of what you can do. The possibilities are completely endless. If you go with any of the kind of like pre-molded and, um, you know, uh, kind of, uh, I would say opinionated platforms, and I'm not going to name any of them, but you actually have to work with like a templating system with a very specific um, structure of the HTML and the CSS and all that good stuff. Um, and you're kind of limited to bringing in templates that are either pre-rolled, pre-made, and you end up having to spend hours trying to modify them and sculpt them into something that actually fits your brand or fits your, you know, your messaging. And with, uh, with headless, you can take this into, you know, the traditional web, you can bring it over into native mobile and the, it's, it's really like it, the possibilities are completely endless. And so you can really like dial in um, your top talent with your, your front end team, your mobile development team, and you can knock out something that's really going to represent your brand and your messaging without any limitation or restriction um, as far as, uh, as far as, you know, uh, bringing in widgets or, um, you know, sculpting your UI to, to match your brand with, uh, regards to styling or behavior user experience. So it, it, in all honesty, it, it, it ends up being easier in a way because you already have, you know, generally a team that is going to be performing these functions and then they're completely unrestricted because they can use whatever technology they want. I love that. So really tuning into your your brand messaging and brand story and aligning with technologies that can help you get there, right? Yep, that's exactly it. Exactly. Perfect. Um, and so in your experience, is this something that we, you know, brands or companies can do internally, or would they be going out to an external partner to help them implement this? Sure. So I can also answer this one. And, you know, it'd be nice if uh, Frakon can uh, chime in as well a little bit. Um, but typically, 
you know, in kind of a headless model, um, if, you know, an organization hasn't had any experience or involvement with this type of implementation or integration before, um, the internal team would be involved to an extent, um, you know, if, especially if they do have experience in headless. Um, but if they don't have the specialties, you know, to do a complete implementation from, you know, start to finish, an external team really becomes a key player in the process, right? And so really kind of like the, uh, they, they specialize in this type of thing. And so you've got a, a team that's going to bat for you and giving you almost like an onboarding process while building out the platform and the experience and then, you know, getting everybody warmed up to the idea of it and taking some of the edge off of, you know, how are we going to do this? You know, so I, it, it can go both ways. And generally, um, in my experiences, uh, organizations will hire consultants to help out with this. So, um, you know, from a, a ground up implementation, like a total Greenfields application, um, an external team definitely becomes a, um, an advantage and can really uh, kind of launch the, uh, the whole process into, into high gear, right? And so you get a lot of, uh, a lot of firepower and um, a lot of strength from that external team. And it's, it's really about, not really so much about like them taking the, the brunt of the work, but it's about them really helping the brand and the organization um, facilitate the integration in a way that becomes maintainable, in a way that becomes um, uh, easy to work with. And when it comes down to it, uh, having a team can be costly, an external team can be costly. Uh, but when you choose the right partner, that's really where you get the upper hand and they will they will walk you through the process. They'll they'll guide and mentor the internal team and um, you know facilitate documentation and other things like that in order to do a proper handover. So that way the internal team becomes empowered to take this on themselves. Perfect. So really looking forward to somebody that's going to help push you through, not just for the implementation, but for beyond. Um, for Con, can you touch about on like from the technology partner side of things, what the onboarding or implementation looks like that you've seen coming from the fabric side? So I think um, um, KJ summarized it really well. Um, I think it's all about the personalized experience. So once you have a external partner onboarded, right, they really understand the tech stack. Um, they have experience working with multiple different tech stacks as well. So it's not just your internal tech stack. It's like different third-party application where they have the knowledge. They know, understand how the workflows or how the systems needs to be configured in the most optimal way. So they can really, you know, um, go in understand what is needed, like identify the problem statement, because sometimes within the internal teams, they're just looking at their own systems. They are unable to see how they can take that next step to really create that digital experience, which is needed. So with an external partner, right? Like I think this is um, really uh, makes it easy because that knowledge comes in. They are able to provide um, the merchants and say, okay, in order for you to take the next step or take your experience or drive your conversion or traffic, this is what is needed. Um, and they can bring in, or even at certain points, um, you know, um, uh, refer 
third party you know uh, uh, providers which in, you know come in and create that experience a lot of the times it's around let's say taxes or payment option um, you want to uh, you know ship um, domestic versus international on priority so there's a bunch of different things which external partners are always working with they can bring in those synergies to drive that efficiency up in your business. Again, um, I understand, uh, RJ, you touched upon um, a cost. I have a slightly different um, you know, point of view on that as well, that I, it always seemed that external is more costly, but it's not an ongoing cost, whereas an internal is an ongoing cost as opposed to a one-time. So internally, like not every business is going to be a technology business as well. So they'll have a limited number of people who can run and define some of these technology strategies, but you will always need, especially within the SaaS and headless world, to rely on these external partners to come in and help you out. Uh, yeah, exactly. So maybe touching on Trevor for a minute here, um, you know, talking about Furcon, or when Furcon's talking about, you know, bringing on your tech stack and implementing that process, making sure that it's aligned with your strategy. How does an agency support that coming on from, you know, the other partnership side? A great question. I think um, an agency is really important to be brought in from the beginning on this planning and implementation. There's definitely a place in this uh, transition period for the agency. So I think right away, the first thing is right out of the gates, the agency is going to need to be ensuring analytics tracking is properly set up. Um, you know, things like product shopping feeds are, are, uh, are not broken. They're, they're functional. Like a lot of that technical stuff that drives um, our reporting or our ads, uh, that's right away. Uh, but beyond that, I think then there's um, opportunities for, you know, uh, tracking changes to uh, SEO or ad performance or conversion rates. I think businesses going through this transition are going to be really engaged and curious at this moment. So um, I think agencies should be prepared to create custom dashboards for tracking uh, performance improvements. Uh, over time. Um, and then I think like third thing um, for agencies to support on is there's going to be opportunities for, for like new, new programs like conversion rate optimization uh, or uh, A-B testing new page designs, uh, something that, that we call shopability, like improving the shopping experience and checkout flow on the website. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there that can be explored and it's really important that the agency is involved um, because they'll know what needs to be uh, planned for and, and taken care of. Um, you know, content uh, strategies can also be implemented at this time because um, we, we know that pages can be um, created much quicker. It's uh, gonna be much easier to, to really develop a robust content strategy. And then I think the agencies are also going to want to start thinking about future possibilities for that omni-channel approach. Um, so um, they're going to want to start planning, like, now that we have this capability, what's next? So those conversations will start happening right away. Perfect. Thanks, Trevor. So, you know, we're really talking about how you paired with an agency, you have your technology stacks aligned, 
your, um, you know, working with an agency to make sure that you're making improvements and that you're growing as a brand or a business. Um, you know, quickly for con, can you actually bring like bring this holistically and wrap it up? Like, how does that what does that look like? like we've talked kind of like more about the tactical sides of of headless and pairing up your strategy uh, with your correct technology stacks as well as your agencies. Uh, would you mind just telling us like a, like a short customer story of how this all kind of like holistically wraps up to to your brand? So I think I can share one um, with um, particularly uh, one customer uh, we did an implementation for was looking to manage multiple sites um, on their current tech stack. Um, they had two different businesses and they wanted an experience where a customer could start a journey from, let's say, one website um, and then create a cart and then log on to the second website they had and complete the, the whole journey. Now, on a monolithic platform, right, like this required them to do a bunch of backend changes and then front-end experience and it was not very easy for them and that's where um, they came to fabric and we were able to solve this because we have apis which could be plugged in and the whole multi-channel solution where one back-end system which is the product information management system um, is actually managing all of the assortment for these two particular websites with different channel definitions and then there is also pricing and promotion which was managed um, you know from a back-end system as well on the front end, that all the cart was doing was validating where the catalog was, where the inventory was, and was able to then map it to the customer. So these, this on a monolithic would have been very difficult to achieve. Whereas, you know, with API, you know, it's all about the orchestration, right? So you pick up a data, you look up a customer um, based on their email ID or phone number, you know, whatever they use to register themselves, and then map it to any, um, you know, unfinished card order, and then retrieve that card onto the website, allowing them to complete their transaction um, on, on any particular, you know, brand or website they have. So this was quite interesting um, to us, um, you know, which when we, we solved it. Perfect. And any resources that you can point out to, um, if you're thinking about going headless, if you're considering it, you're hearing the term, you're aligning with, you know, the vision that we spoke today, um, what, where would you point a brand to? So I, I would say, right, like, again, our, our fabric website has a lot of insight, like I would, you know, point uh, people to go there and look it up. Um, again, there's a lot of material. Um, Forrester has done a lot of research as well, um, you know, on, on headless, you know, what headless is all about. Um, and again, I'm, you know, happy to, you know, um, set up or, you know, talk to anybody who's interesting and knowing more. Um, and we can, you know, um, set up those sessions as well. Wonderful. Well, for Khan, Trevor, KJ, thank you so much for joining um, on our podcast here today. Uh, as I mentioned, this is part one of two. So please join us next time as we take a deeper dive into headless, how headless impacts your ecosystem, uh, team performance, customer and marketing tactics. Um, thank you so much for everybody listening today.